One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Welcome to the show. Vassas is here. Aloha. Uh, Rachel's here. Greetings. Later on, James Nestor, world best-selling author of Breath, is going to be here. Tell us about James, Rachel. Well, it all starts with breathing. And if you want to do breathing right, you need to listen to James. He's taught us lots of things about breath, hasn't he? Yeah. And I particularly like a box breath which is our in for four, hold for four, out for four. And I try and do it every morning, three times when I wake up to just keep me calm. Well, it's a stabilising thing, isn't it? Yeah. If you want to stay calm, it's actually the other breath that you Oh, use. okay. So when you wake up, you want to go um, in for four, hold for five, out for seven, hold for four. So if you want to, if you want to relax or calm down, because okay. some people do wake, you do wake up with a um, uh, sort of increased heartbeat. Oh, I had a massively increased heartbeat yesterday morning when I woke up at six forty and it was broad daylight and I thought I'd slept in from my alarm and I should have been on the show. Yeah, well, don't worry. <laughs> Total heart attack. Okay, time. well, <laughs> for that. So if you if you're in a meeting or you feel a bit anxious, it's any shorter in breath with any longer exhale, and if you want a bit of energized energizing action then it's the opposite so okay. it's a longer inhale and a shorter exhale and if you want something in the middle a bit of stability uh, then it's your box breathing thank you okay good glad we sorted that out whenever james comes in i always feel like oh, i haven't been doing my homework so he comes in and i'm, yes. and I'm all over breathing through my nose when did I'm... you ever care about homework no not when i was at school but now really now-ish <laughs> i was referring to now <laughs> i care about when you're at school <laughs> And I think, oh, I've, I've got to do the breathing thing. And so this week I've been all over. In fact, Matthew and I went for a run yesterday. Yes. And most of the run was taken up with me saying, no, 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 we've got to, we've got to breathe. We try to try and breathe through our nose. Mm. And also, if you're, if you're breathing, <gasps> yeah. you know, it's going to be any sort of exercise. It's going to be much harder than if you're, even though it's sort of counterintuitive, isn't yeah. it, to sort of breathe To be honest, easily. after what Vasa just said, you don't need to read the book. He's all over it. That's like mm. a masterclass, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bother um, coming in, James. It's fine. No, I've got it's this fine. Covered. Yeah, yeah. I'll come into Carfest. Don't worry about it. It's all cool. Yeah, it's done. I'm a big fan of his triple inhale. Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh. a reason that works. That's about uh, nitric oxide in your lungs. But I can never remember the reason. But it definitely works. Because Ali does the double, doesn't she? Well, you can do the double. She, yeah, sometimes she does the triple. Yeah. You can do a, you can do seven if you really go for it. Because you've always got more. It's a bit like David Goggins. You've always got more than you think. So if you do a big inhale through your nose and a, an exhale, and you go all the way with your nose, because because I'm going to go, I'm going to say, give it all the beans with one breath, uh, nose breath, nose inhale, and then I'll, a little trick. I'll say hold it, and then I say, give me some more of the nose. You will you will have more nose left, and you can do that seven times. So here we go. So imagine you're going to do one, then then sort of, you know, uh, trick yourself and say, or hijack yourself and go for a second and see how many times you can keep doing that till you run out of breath. Having having thought and genuinely gone for a full inhale on the first one. Okay, do you want to have a go? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so. 
four. I'm lucky left after four. Yeah, I'm three. Rachel? Oh, seven. Seven, you do, you see. How do you feel now? Do you feel a bit buzzed? Yeah. You do, don't you? Do you feel buzzed straight away? It really works. That's why I wrote this book about it. That's why it's <laughs> so millions of copies. The New Science of a Lost Art, Breath with James Nestor. He's on the show today. All right, how come Vast has got a brilliant brand new bike free with electric gears? It's not an electric bike, it's got electric gears. Mm. Um, from Giant, the Giant Bike People, because he knows Tom Grennan. And basically, yes, yes, for one for Tom Grennan and me. Yeah, Tom needs a spare. Yeah. I'll look after it for uh, And Tom Grennan was very grateful. How grateful was he? Well, he was this grateful. Hey, mate. How are you? Honestly, you are a legend. Thank you so much for sorting that. The bike is unbelievable. I got it the other day. I went out on it on Sunday, Sunday actually. It's amazing. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. And um, I owe you one. Yeah, that was Tom Grennan. Oh, so what favour are you going to call in? I like the I owe you one. We've got it on record. Yeah. <laughs> you want to think about that. What else does he you want? <laughs> <laughs> what else would he you like? Ooh, that's a good <laughs> That's a good question. I'll have a think. <laughs> he, I'd like... Ooh. This is him. This is him being brilliant. This is why people want to give him stuff. Mm. Right? Yep. <laughs> and also, have you seen that thing that's doing the rounds on um, Insta? The 50... It's a $50 thing, but it could be a £50 note thing. Have you, have you seen it? It's amazing. No. So, you know, like, society's becoming more and more cashless. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's been... That began with credit cards. It actually began with money because money is basically credit anyway because it's yeah. a promissory note. You know, somebody once said, um, uh, you know, we, I normally give you six bananas for your six potatoes. Well, I don't have any today, but I'll get some tomorrow. Here's a promissory note. And that was the first ever money. But that was credit. So money is credit anyway. So that's the, that's the sort of hoodwinking that's been going on forever. So cashless doesn't mean creditless um, or, or more creditless because cash is credit. It just is credit because it's a bit of paper, isn't it? And so for the bit of paper, they've swapped it to plastic and now plastic gets a bad rap because they're saying, well, that's credit. Well, money's credit. Um, and it is different, I suppose, because you can do more, you know, with money that you really, really don't have. But money isn't worth the paper it's printed on anyway. And then from that, you go to digital as well, mm-hmm. and, you know, transferring. And then you get your, your um, in America, you have Venmo, you have PayPal, you have that here as well. Other uh, ways of paying. Oh, it's just Apple Pay. Most people Apple just Apple Pay, Pay now. all that kind of stuff. Mm. And people are worried about us being becoming more cashless. I mean, Vast is his way ahead of the game here because he, he is, uh, he is, you're operating in a cashless world anyway because you don't pay for anything. Mm. That's different though. That's, that's beyond, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> You and Tom Grennan. Yeah, it's like yeah. This is the this is the cash where you want to be, um, which is a whole different take on it. But that's the genius take. But the I don't know if you if you have access to Instagram, it might be on YouTube as well. But this is this is this is hairs on the back of your neck. All right. So so this is the gist of the the one minute film. You get a fifty dollar bill. All right, and you spend. So you, you get your they they track a fifty dollar bill. Over 30 purchases, all right? And so the first purchase is like somebody gives somebody $50 for some uh, in a supermarket. Okay, so they give the person $50 and you get $50 worth of supermarket goods. And then that $50 goes from the supermarket till to somebody else's pocket and they spend it and it goes on and on and on. And on the 30th purchase, they, they, the $50 bill is, is still there and it's still worth $50, okay? And then they... They pursue the same spend trail, but with digital 
exchanges, okay? And every, so after the first $50 is spent, it's no longer worth $50 because there's a fee for the exchange, for the transfer, yeah. and it's worth 1% or 2% less. And then this compounds, and after, after transaction 27, there's nothing of the $50 left because it's all gone in fees. And that's the issue with the cashless society. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Yeah. That's 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 why people people who are clever and can see the wood for the trees and are sitting on top of wise mountains going, No, 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 you bit you're all being had here because now not only are we being are we having to pay for people to look after the money that we earn as it's transferred from our employers to our bank accounts, that's we're already paying charges for that. Now you're going to be charged for spending the money that you earn. That's yours. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. It is amazing, but it's obvious. And it's, people are going, yeah, at the radio now, yeah. But for those of us who didn't know or realise, because we're silly. Ah, ah. There was a lady who stopped me in, uh, in Hudson Sandwich Shop in Whitstable last week. And she, she and I were both buying something. And she goes, you do take cash because otherwise it's a deal breaker for me. And they went, yeah, 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 we still take cash. And then I went... Is that is that a thing? Like you know, and she and then she went on a bit of you know she was telling me while we were waiting for our sandwiches all about why it's really important to keep cash, not and not just because you know we'll lose it all in fees, but also because you know the very poorest people in society they really need cash, not least the homeless people. Mm, absolutely. All right. Good. Thank you. Um, big live appreciation first time texter dear Chris and team wishing you and all the team the very best ever car fest this weekend first time texter bell wish I could be there but I'm on site with my incredible team for Goose Live events setting up for the Silverstone Classic this weekend no rivalry just appreciation and understanding of what goes on in putting these kinds of events together I agree Sophie uh, Treacher long time listener first time texter your show makes my day every day I've been looking at Silverstone Classic this weekend uh, going into this weekend and the things going on there good luck to everybody doing anything and giving other people a reason to get together big up you all Mary and Simon Jack and Charlie we can't wait to pitch our tents at Carfest later today celebrating our son Jack's 16th birthday tomorrow and he's got some of his best mates joining too listen to the show every morning before the school run and I'm so excited for the brilliant lineup. and we're even packing our swimmers so we can head to the ice baths once the kids have got their bearings yeah the guys from Brass Monkey are there we're ice bathing in the middle of Carfest, more exhibitors than ever before. 145 exhibitors usually there or thereabouts for Carfest, but it's our first ever one big Carfest, over 240. And another team are listening down there in Loverstoke Park this morning. Can I say congratulations and well done for you know what yesterday? Because yesterday they broke through their target for ticket sales. So the target for ticket sales uh, was ambitious and yesterday they surpassed it and it will continue to be the case uh, of of course because it can only get better that news can only get better over the next few days so well done everybody you are absolutely completely awesome i love you so much keith linney Mikel, and ollie traveling six 17 hours rather on our way home from camping in france only four hours to go can't wait to get home for beagle snuggles then beyond excited to get back in the car for another five hours to meet our first grandchild jack born 12th of august to beth and mike beautiful 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 all right rachel northampton Great to have you back. Great to be back, Rachel. Tonight we'll see the launch of my daughter's new business venture, Aesthetics by Lulu, having a launch night with Fizz and Bubbles. Lulu's only 19. Well done, Lulu. Very impressive. 
Claire from Siren says, hello, Claire. Happy Carfest Eve. Chris, Rach, Vass and the Kraken team spent several hours yesterday in A&E with our 10-year-old Arthur. Thankfully, no broken bones, just a sprained ankle. What is it with kids at the moment? Is, it, is there a phase? We should get on to Kirsty Gallagher about this, our moon lady. She's on the show tomorrow. She's at Carfest over the weekend. Because she gives you a lunar forecast every Sunday. It's brilliant online. It's so good. I wonder if there's something to do with the moon. So many kids are falling over. They're banging their knees. They're scraping their elbows. They're twisting their ankles. What's, what's in the air with kids? at the moment falling so over. both of your twins yes um had bloody tuesdays they you know cuts and, and scrapes pr- and pretty things. dodgy wednesdays i have to say yesterday um, it carried on um mary on tuesday also she had ended up in minor injuries yes. she had stitches in uh-huh. her head and our neighbor's youngest scott it turns out <laughs> what's going on? had a fall on tuesday <laughs> and had going to, on that's under general anesthetic to have his uh, mouth stitched up I mean, poor little lamb. Talking to mouths, we've been talking to words yesterday. There is a word in Greek mm-hmm. for older people with not many teeth. Yes. And it sounds a bit like somebody trying to pronounce a word that doesn't have many teeth, which is why you like it so much. Yes. What is that word? It's fafutis. Uh, <laughs> That's excellent. That is excellent. Vassal. There used to be a competition on the radio. And it was for it was for older people. You, I think you, I can't remember what the the rule was. It was a fun rule. It wasn't like a, a, a sort of staunch rule. There, were, the, there was a rule. You had to be older, and you had to have no teeth to enter, and you had to chew a sweet while singing a song, with your teeth in or out. Out, right. And then, and then the the game was then we had to guess what song you were trying to sing. <laughs> Competition. Uh, currently, our lovely, terrific Tilly um, has had to go to the medical room. Nothing too serious, Mum and Dad. If you're listening, she just has um, a migraine, uh, which is pretty unbearable. There is a super hack for migraines, but I don't know what it is. Penny from Morecambe says, Hello, Penny. You carfest buddy, brilliant human being. Setting off from Morecambe at lunchtime. Packing's underway. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow at Carfest. Please be sure the buddies safe travel. So far, they've raised £1,400 by buying our badges and card stickers. I'll have more with me for anyone who wants them. Penny, you're awesome. Big up the Carfest buddies. Please come and see us at Carfest this weekend if you haven't bought a ticket yet. 50-odd quid for an adult, less than 20 quid for a kid. That's for the whole day and all the music from 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock onwards. Tell me another festival with that kind of value for money. All the car shows, all the well-being, all the uh, superstars chatting away on the hay bales, author stage, spa fest, star fest, adventure fest. Come and join us. When you get there, you'll say, oh, oh, oh I didn't realise it was this big. It's massive. Andrew says, my migraine fix is two spoons of coffee, one sugar, a glug of hot water to dissolve and glug of cold water to cool it and then shot it down. Anything, you know, anything shotted down for mm. me spells well-being, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. I think so. Fee and Brighton, no hack, but I also had a mega migraine last night. I think atmospheric's heavy and the moon may play a part. Yeah, it is. It is very, it's a very low-pressure morning this morning, which is why it feels a bit close. My mum used to describe it as feeling a bit close because it feels like the weather's touching you, doesn't it? Uh, David Turner from Bridlington. Hello, Chris, Vassas, Rachel, really, really enjoy the show. My suggestion for the best word in the world is watch. It's just a great word. Watch. I like, I like watch. it. I like watch. She's um, texted it in uppercase. If you look at the word watch, it's one of those words, the more you look at it, the more intriguing it becomes. Because it's not elegant as a word, but it's quite stoic as a word. 
It's quite steadfast. It's quite strong as a word, you know, because it's quite a strange combination of letters. WTCH, you know, they've got nothing going for them until you put the A in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Then it's all all right. Don't worry, I'm here. Where where do you want me? (laughs) Home between the W and the T. Fine. Oh, that's better. (gasps) Oh, watch. I do like a word with no vowels in it, though. How great a L- word. Leonard Skinner. I think... How, how li- li- pleasant is that to look at? Leonard Skinner. This was the point of nature, giving us the, mm. the giving us linguistics. No other species has linguistics, imagination or memory. That's why we are separated and separate from all other species. For better or for worse, I don't know. I mean, one of the downsides is of, of linguistics is that we can gossip. Uh, about other people and about things, whereas other species can't gossip. That's a so you can't point. be gossiped about if yeah. you're a budgie. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah. Maybe you can gossip. And the budgie will have a lot of chats. Can you gossip with your wings? You, yeah. can, you can get a look, I suppose, can't you? If you're, I suppose if you're two budgies on a perch and then a third budgie flutters past, you could give the other budgie on the perch, you could go, you could give them a look and say, mm, look who's here. <laughs> you, you, you've... You know about him, don't you? You know what they say about him. Well, you don't say anything. We cheap. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Dave from Lincoln needs some good luck, please. Heading from Lincoln to Scotland for four days trout fishing. Hopefully, you get a new personal best fish in the net. Do you keep them or do you throw them back? If they're pits and pools, the rule is you throw them back. But if they're streams, you don't have to throw them back. You see, if I were, I do, I really like fishing, but I don't like the fact that I like it hmm. because it is extraordinary. Well, it seems cruel. You know, there's no need to put a hook in the fish's mouth. But then we eat fish that's, uh, you know, factory fished. Um, I really like fish. Uh, but I do I do like, the th- I, th- I'm, I really like fishing. And that's why if I catch a trout or a salmon ever, I don't fish anymore because I can't. Because um, it just rankles with me too much. causes me too much in the conflict. But if I do do that, then I would take it. I would actually, I would priest it. And then I would take What's it. What's priesting it? So you take your priest with you in your fishing bag. A priest is a... That's what you hit the fish over the head okay. and kill it. Like a baseball bat. Yeah, it is, yeah. Like, it is like a baseball bat. I'm going to say it's nothing like a baseball bat, but it is. It is no. like a little baseball... A little um, merciless baseball bat. A murderous baseball bat. <laughs> they call it a priest. Um, I know. That's funny, I know, it? as if to sort of gloss over the facts. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? The priest. Yeah. It is called the priest. When it sends the fish to God. Yes, uh, via your plate. Jane in Essex, another good word used by Rod Hull. He of Emu. He used to word, use the word scunge all the time. Anyway, scunge? Scunge. Scunge. Motorway, uh, sorry, motorhome all packed and ready to roll. Big early here we come. Woo-hoo! Yeah, baby. See you there. I've got to ch- apologise to Rachel. First of all, it's not only the kids that are falling over. Your husband fell over this week. Oh, it must be. He took he, a little tumble he, at Monday Night Football. Because you have National Sausage Week and National, I don't know, Ford Fiesta week maybe it's national falling over yeah. week it was just that we didn't get the invite yeah he's really skinned his knees so he skinned his knees because actually really badly is great what? for playing football on but not fantastic for falling on whilst playing football especially the older you get because there's more of you to hit the floor the bones behind the skin are harder than than younger bones the skin is thinner and less um uh resi- resistant no that's not the right um, word Resilient, resilient, yeah. uh, maybe also mm. not the right word, but um, that's more pliable. fragile. Yeah, more fragile. Um, yes, uh, than than otherwise. Uh, also, older blokes tend to be not as good as they think they are at football. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you play in defence, you're probably not good at football anyway. Um, you just play in defence, um, and um, you'll probably slide tackle because it looks heroic, uh, but it's 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 pretty dangerous. Um, 
however, if you get it right, you go, oh, great tackle, mm. uh, good, good tackle, Alex. Yeah, no, yeah well in, Alex. <laughs> um, but you have AstroTurf in your garden. Yeah. I owe you an AstroTurf apology. Please slap it on because you were both very critical when we asked yeah. for our garden. The, the main point of our criticism um, was about nature. Yeah, mm. it was about nature, and of course, lawns are the least nature you can have. Yeah, people mess with the lawns all the time with all the feed and then the seed and then the fertilizer and yeah. then the watering. Yeah, lawns, lawns are so bad for the environment. I think that you know, other than you know, was burning carbon uh, fuels for other nefarious and needless reasons ultimately i think lawns and golf courses especially are awful for us ultimately not the planet necessarily because the planet's always going to be all right it's just that whether we're going to still be around to see how all right it is or it isn't um i think that because of um so so lots of golf courses are most i think it's mostly the really beautifully sort of luminescent green ones in North America, but also some of them here as well. Um, because they're watered to within an inch of their life and then they are treated with various pesticides and a lot of these places or golf courses are in warmer environs. And so then you, the, obviously the moisture is um, evaporates into the atmosphere, then that forms a cloud. We don't know all this works. And then it rains, but in that rain, you get chemical rain. And that's the problem. And so you're... So you... you you were right, right again. Oh, God, stop coming to work. I'm not, I'm not sure about this because I read a, a few weeks ago uh-huh. that the the world's least militant people, yes, garden designers, united. You not it, heard of the Gorilla Gardeners? Why are they the least militant? Well, I, I, I read. I actually the, the Times article that said, I read said. Do you know how competitive is the Chelsea Gar- the Chelsea Flower Show is? The, the least militant people. Anyway, the Society of Garden Designers, the Royal Horticultural Society and Landscape Institute, right, have united in a campaign against artificial grass. We want to get through to people who are thinking of putting in artificial grass. It's as serious as not wearing a seatbelt or blowing smoke in a baby's face. I mean, (laughs) I'd say that's quite a militant stance. (laughs) Sounds pretty militant to me. (laughs) That's got the biggest reaction from everybody who works on the show. (laughs) To anything we've said this morning about anything else. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> Blowing smoke in a baby's yep. face? Don't do it. <laughs> love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so mm. just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Reading anything by our next guest is as easy as breathing, especially the Sunday Times best-selling Breath, the new science of a lost art, out now in paperback and coming to Carfest. So, all hail the king of the inhale. He really is the bester. He is James Nestor. Oh, very good, Vassos. I hope Super Jet Like James appreciates that (laughs) industry that's gone into the introduction. Every little bit of it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. This is the book and the subject we can't get enough of and you can't get away from. And boy, you've tried, haven't you, James? (laughs) Not so much. You know, it depends. Uh, Sometimes you feel like 
Jimmy Buffett singing Margaritaville for the four millionth time. But I will say, every single time I do a talk, there are people that come up that say their kid had ADHD, their kid was wetting their bed, their grandfather was snoring, and they learned how to breathe, and it significantly impacted and improved those conditions. So that keeps you going, right? Of course it does. Um, and you are officially unqualified as a breathwork um, teacher, but you sort of have acquired qualification. I know that you always shy away from that, but you know so much about this subject now. Well, my job as a journalist is not to be an evangelist for any of this stuff, right? It's to go out and talk to the experts in the field and try to figure out what the story is. And that's what I tried to do here. So people say, well, convince me how to breathe better. I want to sleep better. I'm not here to convince anyone to do anything. You have to be curious enough about improving your health, improving your breathing. Then you can learn some tips and then you can figure it out for yourself. Where has where has this book taken you on your travels? And, and who have you met and where have you spoken? And give us a bit of your experience of, of the success of your own work. Only the finest dental conferences in the United States have I spoken at. Uh, for some reason, you write a book about breathing, you think the last thing you're going to be doing is talking to a bunch of dentists, but that's the jam. Uh, they've been very interested because they've been talking about a lot of this stuff for, for decades and decades. So this has taken me all over the place. You Tell know? us about the connection there. I mean, if you've read the book, obviously you start off with teeth and the mouth and Neanderthal faces and bone structures and things like that. There's something crazy happening in dentistry. It's actually been happening for the past decade where there is this tidal shift in the way that we are treating people. And because of the older versions of treating them with braces and headgear have, according to many dentists, greatly impacted people's breathing and caused them a bunch of problems. So things are shifting right now because patients are starting to sue their dentists for ruining their faces and ruining their airways. And that's the only way this is going to change through, through legal action. And so to be in the middle of that, not know you're in the middle of it, because I'm writing this book, I came upon this story and then realized that there are these two forces coming together and it's getting very vindictive and interesting for an outsider. So for people who are new to this topic, um, they probably won't be if they listen to the show regularly, but some will be, um, and for their benefit. Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, the paperback. Millions of copies now sold by James Nessa. James is the voice you are listening to now. He's live with us this morning. He's very jet-lagged. He's just in from San Francisco. Can you give people uh, like three tempos from the book so they, they can get their head around what we're about to talk about? I think the first thing that people need to understand is that the pathway through which you breathe makes an incredible difference to your health, your athletic performance, your sleep, and more. That means do not breathe in and out through the mouth. You have to be breathing in and out through the nose like every other mammal in the animal kingdom. And this is something that people have a really hard time figuring out because most people sleep with an open mouth and they don't realize that that's one of the main drivers behind cavities between behind lethargy behind so many sleep issues is breathing through an open mouth so that's the first one the second one is we often breathe too much we breathe too much because we think we are getting more oxygen by doing this we are getting less oxygen by doing that the last one is you can use your breathing to do a bunch of things that are supposed to be scientifically and medically 
impossible. You can heat your body up. You can heal yourself of several chronic conditions, and you can enter into very strange altered states of consciousness through your breathing as yogis have done for thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, it literally is all about the breath, isn't it? That is it. That is our natural fuel station. I, th I think so. You know, it's not... Some people just, when they hear about a diet, they just say, oh, it's all, if I just eat well, I don't have to exercise, I don't have to sleep well, yeah. I don't have to breathe well. But I think breathing is a part of this larger matrix of health, but no one has been talking about it. People have been talking about nutrition, they've been talking about sleep, they've been talking about exercise. No one's talking about breathing. But if you're not breathing well, you're gonna be sick. Yeah, I, honestly, so since meeting you, things like interviews on this show have got better. How so? Because I nose breathe during them, mm. and 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 uh, you know I box breathe sometimes. You know I'll, I'll do relaxing breaths other times during interviews. I am therefore more present. Sometimes the interviewees see me doing it whilst they're talking to me, and they are somewhat bewildered by it at first, but then realise that I'm doing it um, for for the benefit of me, you know, primarily, but also the whole environment. Then that gives them a sense of appreciation during the interview. It's just crazy. It's just it, the, people are aware of you being. Um, more mindful of trying to do the right thing for all the right reasons, things like that. When I was running the London Marathon this year, um, I nose breathed consciously at the beginning. I did a triple inhale, took double inhale um, to get myself going through the first mile because there was too much adrenaline going on uh, because there was not too much, but, you know, unhelpfully. So you think it's helpful at the time, but you sort of need more energy for later on in the race. And then I started to, to nose breathe for the last six miles consciously for the whole of the last six miles and smile. Mm. And the combination of the two made it the most enjoyable mm. final quarter of a marathon I've ever... Things like that. Mm. And on and on and on. The chronic illnesses you talk about, give us some examples of those. Well, if you're talking about asthma, chronic anxiety, panic attacks, people think that these are incurable conditions. But we've known for more than 20 years that the vast majority of people, not everybody, the vast majority of people who suffer from these problems have severe breathing difficulties that are either exacerbating or causing them to have these issues and you fix the breathing and the symptoms are greatly reduced and sometimes they disappear entirely and i've yeah. heard this from hundreds thousands of people now and they say why isn't my doctor telling me about this <laughs> you know just know the doctors don't know yeah. yeah and they're resistant to it so. and the thing about you know another thing not the thing another of many wonderful and useful things about Breathing. If you focus on like a nose breath, for example, you are therefore vicariously also meditating because you're focusing on the breath. So if I do a bit of this in an interview, and I've just done it whilst you were talking again then, you know, it gives me a moment of pause. Um, and it's not a distraction because I actually can hear you more, even though I'm focusing on you less in a way. But at the same time, I can, I'm then aware of myself you know, the eye of me as opposed to just the ears of me and what the witness that's listening to what you're saying and looking what and who you are. And then I sense my feet on the ground and then again I'm more present and therefore you can sense that. And and the deeper our communication comes from, the deeper it goes to and we have a different level of conversation. Can you sense that? Can you feel that now? 100%. And a lot of people think this is all psychological or they call it a placebo effect. Yeah. 
But the science is very clear. We can hook you up to various machines, look at your brain, look at the oxygenation in yeah. your body, nasal breathing versus mouth breathing, and there is a vast difference between the two. So what is happening to you physiologically is then affecting you psychologically, yeah. and of course you're more present because of that. Yeah, I love it. Rachel, um, you have deployed on a regular basis more box breathing since you met James. So I have been trying to remember when I wake up in the morning to just stop and do like three rounds of box breathing just to because the alarm goes off at 20 fast forward. It's a bit of a Wah! so to just try and bring down that adrenaline and sort myself out and, and enter the day and exit my bed in a positive, calm state of mind. Is that the right one to be doing? And also, can you tell me how do I make myself close my mouth when I'm asleep? Two questions yeah. there. I'll answer the first one. Is it the right one to be doing? Does it work for you? Yeah. Do you feel better afterwards? Yeah. Do you feel more? Then that's the right one for you. Okay. I prefer more invigorating breathing in uh -huh. the morning. That's the right thing for me. So everybody's different. And everyone, that's why you can't have a blanket prescription for everyone all the time. You have to see what your body's responding to. Sometimes if you're jet lagged or if you're traveling, a different breathing modality is going to be more beneficial for you. So invigoration, people will be listening to that now and they go, ask him, ask him how, how to invigorate with the breath. There are various things to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back thousands of years. There's kundalini practices, there's pranayama practices, there's the double inhale out through the mouth. That's relaxing, but it can also be invigorating if you speed it up. So I like that one because it focuses you and it also gives you Can you, you just energy. give us an example of that now? You guys ready? This yep. isn't going to make for good radio because it's just going to be silent. I think it'll okay? come across. Maybe I just did it right there and you don't even know. <laughs> so this is it, everybody. You take an inhale in. You pause, take another inhale in on top of that inhale, and you just let it out. Naturally let it fall out. Try it again. Inhale in. Pause. Inhale in again. Naturally fall out. Do that about four or five times, and then go back to a rhythmic, slow breathing pattern of around five seconds in, five seconds out. So this is not woo-woo, crazy, new age stuff. This has been proven. I've looked at my body, how my brain reacts. When you breathe this way, anyone can do this. And it relaxes the body and makes you more alert, but not in an edgy way. And the, what, what effect, how, sorry, how does the second inhale work? What, what, what extra effect does that give you or your physiognomy? This is a physiological sigh. We're sighing throughout the day, and that double inhale allows you to get more oxygen. There are these alveoli in our bodies. We have about 500 million of them at the ends of our lungs. There are these little balloons that inflate, and when you inhale again, it helps them. Just like a balloon, you blow in once, it doesn't really do much. You blow in twice, <laughs> It inhales. Yeah. So these little More structures. More than double, funny enough, because yes. you've taken the stress out of it, that's, the strain out of it. That's right. Our bodies work in the same way. So it allows you to get more oxygen more easily, and it calms the body down. And I should imagine, I don't know, because I'm not sure, I've never asked you this before. I think I, I thought I'd ask you every question in the world about breathing, but it may have an effect on the parasympathetic nervous system in as much as your body doesn't expect you to take a second inhale. So that will alert your body to something else that's going on, perhaps. This is something you are forcing your body to do that it already does naturally. Right. When you are relaxed, 
All right. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something your body is doing to reset its respiratory system, right? And to calm it down. This is what we do before we go to sleep to calm your nervous system down. So we're taking control of that, hacking into it and doing it consciously to elicit that same response. What I love about you talk about, um, you know, if you take, if you, if you consciously change your breath for your benefit, wh whether it be momentarily or, or for a longer term, and then you go back to, you let yourself fall back into a more natural rhythm of breathing. You know, I, I, that's the bit I really look forward to because it's much calmer than I think it's going to be. And it happens by itself and it's really, Really, really useful in exercise or in bed or in the middle of the night when you can't get to sleep because if you deploy this kind of breath work in the middle of the night when you can't get to sleep you sort of don't have to sleep because you're getting a bit of sort of non-sleep deep rest anyway and then guess what happens after that you fall asleep anyhow I think that a lot of these methods people may feel overwhelmed they're like oh I don't need something else to do or something to feel guilty about, yeah. right? We're already feeling guilty about the food we're eating, not exercising enough. The point is to accustom your body and train your body so that this becomes the natural default. You don't want to have to be thinking about all this stuff all the time. At least I don't. But sometimes that takes months and months of practice. It did with me. And now I know I'm not walking around with an open mouth, yeah. which I was for all my other years. And you become more aware of it, don't you? You become aware of it and you start to feel that reaction from your yeah. body naturally more chill or more energized depending on what you're doing. And it's, you know, the more you get into all this stuff, and it isn't woo-woo, there is some woo-woo to be had and I love all that as well. But... You can then say to your mates or yourself or your dog or your plant or whatever you want, I'm just going off to have a bit of a breathe. And you can go and have, a, treat yourself to a five minute conscious, mindful breathing session or longer. And it's addictive. It's a real sort of positively, you know, a positive addiction, positively good for you addiction. And then what happens is you go, well, there's an hour of my day gone. I feel better about what's happened i feel better about uh, i feel better now and therefore i'm more set up for the next few hours in my day it was free right and i don't really need to consume anything that i have to pay for to make to distract myself from feeling how i feel now because i don't want to feel different so life becomes less expensive <laughs> fuller and deeper and i love all that stuff well, a lot of these methods, some of them you do need dedicated time and yeah. a corner to do them, but the vast majority you don't need to put on your yoga pants. You don't need to put on dream catchers or anything. You can do them in your car. You can do them at the office. Yeah. You can do them walking around because we're breathing everywhere we go. So yeah. you can make those breaths better and absolutely see a benefit from just training the breathing that you're doing throughout the day yeah and if you're waiting for a response or you're waiting in line or you're waiting in a traffic jam that has a very negative connotation waiting waiting means you are in fact um sticking around for this moment to change which means you are depriving yourself of the only moment you've got which is the now where and if you if you if you dive into all this stuff, there is, you will never wait again in your life because the moment that opportunity or that what was in the past framed as waiting presents itself, you think, oh, I'm going to have a little breathe here um, or a stretch, you know, or a, a, I'm going to give some gratitude for something or I'm going to send a text to somebody who's not expecting it and hopefully raise a smile. 
I want to talk to you about so much, James. I've got sort of like four or five competing <laughs> things in my head. You've got the rest of the weekend because he's coming to yeah, Carfest. There's there's my yoga practice in Putney. There's there's Molly Cordry, the uh, the British pole vaulter yesterday, who did some breathing before smashing her personal. There's Elliot Kipchoge. But what I think I, th- I think what's going to win is this thing I saw on Netflix last week called The Deepest Breath, which is about. Have you seen it? It's about the the, the deep sea divers and how how low they can go. It's an extraordinary thing, but. When they're, when they're about to hold their breath four minutes at a time and go down to 100 metres underneath, and then, you know, it's, it's, the breath is really important to them. Just before they go down, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're lying on the surface on a little pillow of air and they're, they're, they're meditating and they're breathing, but they're not going... <gasps> and even when they're about to... Go, it almost feels like they exhale. They definitely don't go... <gasps> before going down. How come? It was freedivers that convinced me there was something more to this breathing thing. Uh, Early on, about 10 years ago, I was sent by on an assignment for a magazine to write about freedivers in Greece. And I saw these people do stuff that I thought was impossible. And then they showed me how to hold my breath for three and a half minutes within 30 minutes of training. All of this shouldn't be possible. Somebody diving down 120 meters on a single breath of air underwater for five minutes at a time. I, I said, my God, what have we forgotten here? And people have been freediving. There's archeological evidence. They've been freediving for more than 15,000 years. So we knew how to do this. This was part of human culture and we've completely lost it, lost this ability. So specifically about those breathing patterns, they don't need to do that because the, the key with freediving and going on a successful dive is to be breathing that way for two hours before the dive. It's not like the last few minutes you have to learn how to breathe better and get all that air in. They're training themselves. They have lungs that are twice the size of the average adult lungs because they've trained themselves to breathe this certain way. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are about to hold their breath for five minutes and they just, they don't even take a... Maybe they are taking a very small, just gentle in-breath, but they just, whenever they are ready, and there's a countdown, they roll off the pillow and um, the, the pillow that they've been on and just go underwater. And it, it makes me hyperventilate watching them. It's actually making me stop breathing, <laughs> you talking about it. I've seen the film and I've read the book as well. Oh. Uh, James, we're done for time now, but you're going to spend the weekend with us at Carfest. You are jet-lagged. Any, any breathing tips for yourself at the moment? I think nasal breathing. I'm just going to tell you the most boring things in the world, but but because they work, nasal breathing, that double inhale and that rhythmic, slow, resonant breathing is really the key to staying awake and conscious in a good mood when you're jet All right. Great to see you again, man. Thank you very much for having me. I can't wait for you to experience our fields over the next few days. Carfest.org, if you want to come and see James live, his book, Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, is out now. It continues to sell millions and millions of copies. The last time you were on the show, you almost let the cat out of the bag with your new project. It's going to have to be something to, to even you know um, hold any kind of dim torch to your last creative effort. And you wouldn't tell me. Would you tell me now? There's a Tesla quote that says, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, yes. think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. I think you can apply that to the human body and health. We'll find out. Is that your next project? Perhaps. Wow. Cool.
cool. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio.